Our communion meditation is from Nahum. So this is one of the minor prophets, and he's right after Micah. I'll read verses 1 through 3 of chapter 1. The burden against Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum the Elkishite. God is jealous, and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Father God, we thank you for who you are, for what you have done and continue to do. Lord, you are a mighty God, the creator of all that we see, the sustainer of all that exists. And so we bow before you, we acknowledge your mightiness, and we pray, Father, please awaken our spirits that we can worship you rightly. In Christ's name we give you thanks. Amen. Verse 2 says, God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. In time, where we are in time, as Nahum wrote this book, was about 150 years after Jonah lived. And so we know that this city, Nineveh, that this whole prophetical proclamation is against, had repented fully 150 years earlier. And yet here they have this coming judgment upon them. Now, 150 years, when you're talking about Bible time even, not even let alone the make-believe millions and billions of years, but even in Bible time, 150 years doesn't seem like a whole lot. That's how long it was after Jonah that this occurred. But think of it in our time. 150 years ago, we were still recovering from the Civil War. 150 years ago is a long time in the lives of men. It is a long time in which people can again fall away from the God who their forefathers loved. God is patient and long-suffering, yet he is also jealous he avenges, and he is furious. He takes vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. People, we people, often and always really presume upon the patience of God. Right now, Key West is being pummeled, pummeled. I really wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a building left on Key West once this storm passes over. There is an annual celebration, for those of you who don't know it, on Key West. It, it would have occurred in about six weeks at the end of October. It's called Fantasy Fest. It's just uh, evil at its core. Ten days of evil in a place that is admittedly very, very beautiful. I've never been to Key West. I've often wanted to go. But as you drive, you just keep going west. It loops around, and then you just are pretty much soon driving west into the sunset. And everybody celebrates at the point at Key West, the further uh, most you can go there. And they pretty much celebrate every sunset by drinking and then, of course, going into the bars to get further drunk. But it is a beautiful, beautiful place, but it's you know, barely above sea level. 
And there's this long bridge that extends for hundreds of miles down to the point at the end. But people in Key West have grown accustomed to hearing about hurricanes coming. And they've developed a reputation for being rather bold in not fleeing the coming hurricanes. And so there are people now that are there in Key West that chose not to flee this hurricane. And they are nihilistic, I would say. They live for today. They live for pleasure. They live for parties. And this will perhaps be their last party. They partied the last. And last night, the last bar closed about 7 p.m. Their employees had stayed to continue serving this clientele that dares death to take them. Verse 3 says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. The Lord has his way in the, in the whirlwind. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. We think of a storm that has 150 mile an hour winds as something that's totally out of control. And from our perspective, it is. There's nothing you're going to control when it's 150 mile hour winds. And it's just leveling everything. And, uh, you know, those of you that may have studied that tsunami that hit over in Malaysia, and you read about how that suction affects everything. It's just the waves keep coming, they keep destroying. They keep coming, they keep destroying. That's what's happening now. The Lord is slow to anger, great in power. He will not at all acquit the wicked. And he has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. So this chaos that we perceive as chaos, rightfully so, is to God nothing. These clouds, if you've seen these shots from space of these hurricanes, now you've got Hurricane Jose coming. You had Harvey a couple weeks ago. you got Irma now. you got Jose coming. They are immense, yet they're described as dust on God's feet. Dust on God's feet. These humongous storms that just devastate the earth are dust particles. They're dust bunnies in God's house. Colossians 3, verse 5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Put to death those five things. And then Paul said, Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. The wrath of God is coming. I believe the wrath of God has come. See, the wrath of God is always coming upon the sons of disobedience. It's always coming upon the earth. And 
as Jesus said, you know, do we think that the people in the Tower of Siloam were any more evil than these other people, these other people? There is always evil to be judged in this world, and God is always judging evil in this world. But we forget that because it doesn't necessarily personally impact us from day to day, week to week. And we know that God is so long-suffering with us personally, with many that we know. We can see how this, this uh, total uh, presumption upon God can build up to this critical mass where people don't even flee a Category 4 or 5 hurricane. They just don't value life. The wrath of God is coming. And note verse 7, because I read verse 5 and then I read verse 6 about because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. And so Paul is speaking to a people of Colossae who all can relate to this type of lifestyle, to this living in sin. We all can relate to sin, and yet some can relate to living in sin, egregious sin like is celebrated down in Key West. Every society, every community on earth faces the judgment of God should they not turn from their willful and wicked and sins that they commit over and over, week after week, year after year. And we may be experiencing that now. We've got a storm to rival storms now hitting Florida. But we know God sends his son to rise upon the evil and the good. He sends his judgments upon the evil and the good. Yet, God can control everything that's occurring right now in Florida. He can preserve life, even in the midst of this incredible, incredible destruction. So those that know the Lord, that may cry out to the Lord, will be preserved by him. May very well be preserved by him even now as we're speaking. And so we pray that prayer. We want God's judgment to relent. That's what God would have us to pray. He doesn't want us to pray to heap judgment upon us. He wants us to pray to be relieved of this judgment. Yet, we know that the Lord will have his way through the storm. We know that he's all-powerful. We know that he judges sin. And so we can both pray for people not to be destroyed by this, but obviously pray also that they would be preserved for a purpose, to be saved from this, to not laugh in the face of death anymore. They don't understand death. They've never died. They will die. Then they'll understand death. But for now, we pray that they would have faith in God, take faith. So we come to the table. We celebrate life. This is a celebration of life every Sunday when we come. We are thankful to be alive. We don't want to presume upon God's grace anywhere. In our lives, it's obviously where we have the most effect, the most impact. And so we don't want to presume upon God's goodness to us. We want to celebrate life, even as God is taking it away, likely, elsewhere. We want to celebrate the fact that he's given it to us, and we thank him for it. And so let's commit to God that we will celebrate life this day. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for security and safety. Father, people don't know what they want when it is that they chose to stay and ride out the storm. Uh, they were acting foolishly. And we pray, Lord, that you would have us to act wisely. 
courageously and that we would above all uh, live for you model faith in you and I pray for all the Christians that are living through these storms that they would be bold in proclaiming your good news to those that are suffering loss that you are right to judge that you are right to bring havoc upon a world that has disowned you that has declined to worship you and serve you as is your due we thank you now father grant us your children grace this day we give you thanks for all of your kindnesses in christ's name amen <laughs>